When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We certainly do. And here to talk about songs today is, well, me, Mark, and my co-host, the spectacular Sarah DeBunting. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much. Hello. Now, Sarah, you are the one who has brought in the songs we're discussing today. Do you want to tell us what they are? I do. And then I'm going to try to explain the um, fever dream of quote logic that brought us here. But first... Today we are talking about uh, Peter Gabriel's Digging in the Dirt and Phil Collins's Through These Walls. So this began with my thinking, oh, I, I think I'll pick a Peter Gabriel song. It's a little bit weird that we've never talked about him directly, given how large he loomed, certainly in my like, you know, late 80s, early 90s music, pop musical life. And then I was like leafing theoretically or figuratively through my uh, Apple music listing and all this stuff. And I was like, let me just do, let me do one from the album us. Um, because I think that those songs are a little less fraught than for example, in your eyes or the stuff from the eighties. And then I was like, I think that song's about a serial killer. So I should pair it with a Phil Collins song because Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins both were Genesis lead singers. And Phil Collins has a song about a stalker it's not in the in the air tonight which is actually about a friend of his drowning and the fact that he thought bystanders could have helped this friend there's another song called through these walls that is like understood to be about uh like peeping tom creepo yeah he's got the glass up to the wall listening to them his next door neighbors have sex yeah it's and there's also some watching of children we'll we'll get to it unfortunately um so then i started preparing the episode and it seemed evident based on my research that wherever i got the idea that digging in the dirt was about was from the perspective of a serial killer i i mean i've i've done some drugs in college and beyond and um there there seems to be no empirical evidence for this assertion so basically we end up pairing two genesis lead singers who have done songs that were misunderstood as to be about a certain creepy thing that weren't and a question mark but we've never really talked about um i mean we talked about a phil collins cover but i think that's kind of the only direct phil collins that we've dealt with and peter gabriel we haven't discussed and in our last episode we were talking about like famous pairings pop musicians and actors and here's another one 
Because apparently digging in the dirt is mostly about him going to therapy after breaking up with Rosanna Arquette, which I had completely forgotten was ever even a thing and is like baffling that 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 occurred. But apparently it did. Um, So let's start with a clip from Digging in the Dirt and then we can talk about um, why I got the idea that it's narrated by like the Yorkshire Ripper. I don't That clip is pretty long. Sorry about that. Um, Don't sue us, Peter Gabriel. Um, Here is where I I clipped such a long clip because there are like three different modes in which the narrator is operating in this song. And I think that perhaps to my pretentious slash um, addled by marijuana college brain, this reflected the... um, the way that sociopaths and serial killers can present different faces to the world, to victims, to law enforcement, um, the sort of volatility, uh, emotional volatility of serial killers, the um, manipulations of a sociopath um, that he goes from, and you see this in the video to an extent, this like ragey attempt in the video to like kill a a hornet. Um, And he's like accidentally hitting stuff in the car and breaking windows and hitting the woman he's with. Um, But you could also see that as like, you know, inability to like anger issues. And then pulling back to this, like, I'm so sad and I'm going to therapy and I'm so sorry. and It'll never happen again. I think that if you look at the sequence I just clipped, you could rationalize believing that it is narrated by a serial killer. Well, there was also, I did find in my research, maybe you saw this too, that he did profess to being influenced by a book he had read called Why We Kill Mm -hmm. about what makes people murder each other. So it's not like there's no element of homicide in this song right well and (laughs) unless you went back and added that to the internet later just to justify your own memory well and that's (laughs) i i did not that is too clever for me to have thought of doing um but i think lyrically my take from 30 years ago is believable um and orally i think it is like i i think there's definitely i think there's you know 
definitely a um, purposeful inclusion of different narrative moods here that could reflect either like I'm going to therapy and trying to sort some shit out and it's quite painful, this excavation. But you could also see it from a much more sinister standpoint and not be completely off base. Like I suspect if like confronted with this theory, Peter Gabriel would be like, well, if that's what, if that's what you're getting from it, then it's not totally wrong. I mean, it's not like, it's not about, you know, my little pony or unicorns or anything. So that interpretation would be wrong. This one is just maybe weird. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, the song also hasn't aged that well. Like, I feel like this album lived in the CD changer when it came out. And then I just don't really hang out with it anymore. Like when I returned to it, it was like, oh yeah. And he, like, um, that this album has two duets with Sinead. And I'm I'm kind of like, mm, yeah, no, I'm I'm all set. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I wish you both well. Uh, if you do another duet, like, you know, DM me, but I'm like, I'm good. So that that was interesting revisiting this song. Not just that I was like, wow, I apparently crack was one of the drugs because I this is not, I don't think about a serial killer. But also that Peter Gabriel, as a pop artist, like 15 years of his output were like written on my DNA for a certain period. And now I'm just not it, like I don't engage with it anymore. And I'm not sure why. Hmm. It is interesting how we have artists in our lives that we're so into for yeah. a specific period. And then it just sort of ends and no one is no one got in a fight. Yeah. Nobody cheated on anybody. It's just that the relationship ran its course. Yeah. So what has your relationship been with uh, old Peter? Limited essentially to the Sledgehammer video. <laughs> okay. I mean, I had heard this song before, certainly, uh, because it was a single and it had a video that was on MTV. And I knew Steam from this album because mm -hmm. there was a video. I, of course, know In Your Eyes because I live in America or <laughs> slash the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Shock the Monkey, big time. Basically, I know all of the songs that were ever on MTV or VH1. Mm -hmm. But I actually am glad that we're talking about Phil and Peter together because famously, for, or perhaps not famously for those who don't know, but Phil Collins took Genesis away from being a prog rock band mm -hmm. after he took over as the lead singer. And when Peter Gabriel was the lead singer, they were real fucking weird. And they were like Peter Gabriel would wear alien costumes on stage. And all of their albums were like 96 minutes song cycles about living inside the mind of an earthworm, something <laughs> like that. So yeah. it, it is interesting to hear, even in these two songs, the differences in essential artistic temperament, because even though through the wall is very out there for Phil Collins, the man who would eventually deliver a song like another day in paradise oh. as though it weren't a bomb being dropped on the world. <laughs> right. Like, it's, I mean, he, he went into, let's say a glurgy direction. <laughs> yes. Let's, per <laughs> but it's interesting way. to even hear, be able to see that he's got more of a straight down the middle pop instinct than Peter Gabriel. And I think this is why 
Peter Gabriel has never been someone I fucks with, as they say, uh-huh. as they say, because I feel like, and this might make me sound like a philistine, but I feel like I have to work too hard to listen to a Peter Gabriel song. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think that he does have songs that are very sort of simple and elemental, and I considered bringing "Here Comes the Flood" to the table, but it's just like this song and certain. The the original album recording versus the whichever one is on um uh sixteen golden greats is is different. And there's one that is so sad and beautiful that it would just be like, okay, well, I think this performance is better, and also I'm a snotty puddle. Like a, a yeah. seven minute episode about Sarah crying? Like, mm, uh, we've we've done a couple of those and nah. So I I, oh, sorry. I skipped it, but it's like there is um, he, he does have material that is like academic and that's why they invented the skip button. And yeah, but like having having kind of passed through that period where it felt essential, where he felt essential, I can't really... Like, I'm not going to put together a playlist for you and be like, well, why don't you try this? Like, well, you could, but you could also listen to something that you already know you like. There's something wrong with that. Right. I, You know, even listening to Digging in the Dirt, which I did three or four times in preparation for this episode, in the moment of listening to that song, even when you play the clip, I'm liking it. The mm-hmm. groove is nice on that song, and his vocal is very interesting and dynamic. But then it's like, I always just end up thinking about the song as I'm listening to it. And I like to think about the song later, but in the moment of listening, there's gotta be something that makes me feel I'm being reached in a space beneath thinking. And I guess I could just, for whatever reason, can never get there with Peter Gabriel. I always just end up thinking about how good it is rather than enjoying how good it is. Right. Well, and Phil Collins definitely is at the other end of that. He's at that other pole, which is like, it seems to me like Peter Gabriel, um, there is a concerted effort 90, in 90% of his solo songbook to leech sentiment out. Yes, exactly. Of the proceedings. Yes. And Phil Collins is going through Peter Gabriel's trash collecting the extra sentiment and glurging it onto <laughs> yes songs like or just being like you know susudio what could go wrong like well i could live in a dorm room that looks into the aerobic section of the university gym and hear susudio 17 times a day for a year is what you did go. this was a thing that happened this was a thing that happened wow so you're I, that's interesting that they had a mixed-use building on the Princeton campus that was both aerobic center and dormitory. Well, my dorm like backed up onto this old gym, and like oh, because yeah. of weird like um, acoustic patterns in the campus, it it didn't seem that close <laughs> when we drew the room, and then. And then you're like, Susudio. The, oh, the suffering. I mean, it's actually not that bad of a song, but when you... Um... <laughs> See, I'm actually mad at you that you just pulled that right out. End, end podcast. I can't anymore. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, all right, let's, let's try to stay on track because... <laughs> 
Peter Gabriel's, um, like the Peter Gabriel contribution here is, um, it's not like opaque, but there are a number of interpretations. Phil Collins is absolutely telling instead of showing. Oh my God. Yes. And then he's also showing, um, on the music side, uh, let's hear a clip. This is also a bit long, but I wanted to try to get in the um, the very obvious machinations of Phil Collins, both lyrically and musically, um, in this in this song "Through These Walls," which I, I keep seeing rendered as "through apostrophe these walls," T H R U apostrophe these walls. Why Phil Collins? <laughs> Here's a clip. I can see through my windows. I can see them playing with toys. Oh, I hope it won't end. Ooh, if I promise to touch, just be a friend. Life is so long. Okay, so this is like overtly creepy and it is trying lyrically yes. and aurally to be creepy. I will give him credit for the fact that like in the first section where this is the face that the um, skeezy voyeur like scout master character presents to other adults that he's like, what? I'm just watching the kids. They're so full of joy. And then the second part is like, but I'm, you know, I have a boner. So <laughs> the first part is this like extremely um, dull B-side early 80s like filler track on an album sound that he pairs with this um, more assertively off, um, like there's syncopation, there's like weird, if you're listening to it in stereo, the sound goes back and forth between the channels and sort of d is disorienting purposefully. And I, I respect how much work and quote craft he, he put into making it clear that there's two faces of this narrator and two sounds that the narrator experiences, like two, two different um, like internal monologues that the, that the uh, narrator experiences, but it's so, it's also very labored and you see mm -hmm. all the seams and it's a, but it is a fascinating contrast, not only in, in itself, but to a in the air tonight, which has been consistently misinterpreted, but 
I, and I think he is frustrated by that, but I, I feel like he should take that as a compliment that the, it's a little more subtle that this is about Kitty Genovese. This is about a stalker. This is about my friend who drowned. Like, it could be any of those things. Take the W. Take any right. of the Ws. Whereas this one is like, it's like someone wheels in a gong, bangs it, and is like, and now a rumination on pedophilia. Like, g- guy, like, t- you don't have to actually take our hands. And also, please don't, because this narrator is revolting. <laughs> So to contrast that with that song, and but then also with the Peter Gabriel song, which is much more of a sort of like poetry workshop, like whatever you think is in there, provided it's not like the sinking of the Titanic, that's what's in there. Enjoy. Yeah. It's like two people who somehow once were in the same band yeah. deciding that they're going to make a creepy, structurally inventive song. And the result tells you so much about both artists. Yeah. Uh, But then it's also really interesting that like I am, uh, I'm sort of like actively negative on Through These Walls as a song. But I I feel like I feel more about it than I feel about Digging in the Dirt, which is like not antiseptic, but like it's extremely sort of clinically assembled and presented whereas this is like the phil collins is like sweaty yeah and it smells like mothballs and i'm like i don't like this but like at least i have a strong opinion so like which one is better for our purposes hard to say like phil collins is trying really hard but he's getting the reaction yeah okay because when I listen to Digging in the Dirt, I just generally enjoy it and go about my day. But you're right. Through These Walls, which I had not heard before until this episode, and which I am shocked to learn was released as a single in the United Kingdom. Yeah, what? Like, oh, that's your in England. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's just it's just truly a grotesque song. Yeah. Like the the lyrical choices that he makes, the 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 words are the exact right words to be gross. The discordant <laughs> structure, like you were saying, the the way that it bounces around in your ears, the the way that it keeps shifting in time signatures, it's just all very very unsettling. And I remember once I saw a play based on that true crime case about that girl, Christina Likens, I think who was held in the basement of her neighbor's house for months. Sylvia. Yes. Yeah. Sylvia Likens. So I saw a play that was about that and it was one of the most viscerally disturbing things I've ever seen. But then at the end of the day, I thought, am I glad I saw that? It worked. It succeeded. It was revolting to me. I can still conjure up the feeling of dread and disgust I felt, but is that good? And I have to say, I read in my preparation for this some essay bemoaning the fact that Phil Collins never again reached the heights of In the Air Tonight and Through These Walls. And I thought, well, maybe he stopped being this overtly, effortfully Mm off-putting. But given the choice, I really would prefer to hear Take a Look at Me Now against all odds. (laughs) Yeah, 
I mean, and that too is like, it's very obvious, but occasionally that hits it right on the sweet spot. And that is a great song. I think that's probably his best solo work. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'd like some later Genesis also, but um, he, I don't know if you watched the video for this song, but like it had a video. Why? And he is absolutely committed to looking. And I have to wonder if some record company exec wasn't like, the thing is, the thing is that you look kind of like a bad toucher. So why don't you just buy a van? You've already done half the work, Philip. Yeah. And he just, he's willing to like be in this weird, or like he's um, placidly in his rocking chair, but then in the background, there's like some kid playing with a rubber ball. And then he's like leering with this weird, like under lighting. Why would you want to present yourself as this character? Yeah. I don't. And that like that he is literally, he says the lyric about putting a glass up to the wall and listening to the neighbor's bone. And then he does it in the video. And it's like, clink, like, we got it. Yeah, good lord. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really interesting to look at. And then you just have to wonder what, like, um, what the other members of Genesis sort of thought as this was all unfolding before them. That They're like, you know, no one... You know, the one guy's like, I'm going to write in the living years and just destroy everybody at uh, (laughs) weddings. And then the other guy's like, I'm Tony. And like, then they're just like, and whatever Peter Gabriel is doing, like that VMAs, I guess, where he showed up and looked literally like Dr. Evil, including with the mouse suit. And everyone's like, "Uh, we don't know what to say. I I mean, it just must have been really fascinating. And now I need to go and see if they wrote memoirs and read them. Uh. Okay, sidebar, I recently listened to The Living Years and I've apparently reached the age right now cry when I hear that song because yeah. I sure did. It's the it's um, the fucking boys choir at the end. Like, god damn uh, it. <laughs> Mike. And or the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> I blame the mechanics for this. <laughs> and I also do want to just note that I really like Peter Gabriel's appearance on a Paula Cole song called Hush 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 from her album, this fire where he plays the father of a young man dying of AIDS. Huh. Like that sounds about right. It's like very effortful and constructed, but right. it works. Well, I think and, their voices would go well together too. Like he has a, he has a certain timbre that would pair well. With yeah. And hers, he took her on tour and kind of helped make her, uh, career there for a while. So, you know, good, good looking out. Sure. But it's it's fascinating to so Peter Gabriel has really remained himself in one way or another from the 70s to today. I'm just thinking through this now. But Phil Collins journeyed from this song to one of the worst songs of all time, which is You Will Be in My Heart from the movie Tarzan. Yeah, but I don't I don't think but, that it's that far a distance. Yeah, I based on you the know? way that you just that we've just been talking about this song, you're right. Like the effortfulness to mimic something without maybe quite inhabiting it is there in both places. Yeah. And just that he is not, um, Collins is not an artist who sort of, 
he, either he's incapable or it's just not a creative thing that appeals to him but like um opacity or ambiguity he's he's not fucking around and finding out (laughs) with that right and the thing that's so interesting is as we've just said with against all odds and i would say for me a few other songs sometimes his blunt approach really clicks i mean obviously the man has sold like a billion records a lot of people enjoy those songs and i really do like some of them so I'm not trying to join the the chorus of people who just dog on Phil Collins, but I'm also not trying to front like Phil Collins is a problem-free listening experience. Well, no. I mean, look, sometimes high fructose corn syrup is um, exactly what you need. And other times and, you get the diabetes. And then if you would prefer something that's sweetened with matcha powder and stevia, <laughs> then you go to Peter Gabriel. <laughs> and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.